Wednesday morning on the radio. <laughs> it is Wednesday and coming up on today's show, church is it an obligation or is it a community for you? Ooh. Plus the latest news, random facts and more. You are here on the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. Uh, typically that would be me and Mo here in the studio, but Mo is out of town this week. So filling in for her is my beautiful wife, Daedra Coker. What up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and it is July 24th, which means we got a few holidays to celebrate. So what do we got? All right. On this day, we are celebrating Cousins Day. Have you ever been close with any of your cousins? No. Yeah, me neither. They all live away from here. Like I, have, <laughs> uh, I mean, we were close enough to mine to see them at least a couple times a year but like anytime you know i had several cousins but there was one that was like around my age Hmm. he was just like a year older than me and he milked that yeah when i was a kid so total turd yeah Yeah. so we would be (laughs) we would always just be playing nintendo or whatever when he was over but like he would demand to play a certain game or something in the middle of something we're already playing. And I'm like, can we finish this? And then he would get mad and storm out or just turn the system off and walk away. I'm like, sheesh, man, you're ruining this for everybody. (laughs) I'd like to finish my lap on F zero here before we play double dare. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Remember Double Dare, Double Dare from Nickelodeon? Some that that sloppy game show old. thing hosted by Mark Summers? Nope. You don't remember that? Nope. I'll have to show you some of that. It's a good show. What else we got? Uh, National drive Through Day. Mm-hmm. All right. Go get a burger. That's right. And National Tell an Old Joke Day. <laughs> now, is this like... A joke about being old, old or like or an joke, old, old joke, joke, like why did the chicken That's, cross the road? That happens with a lot of these holidays. Yeah. It's like they can be read two different ways. Let's Google. Let's turn on the old Google machine. Let's look it up. And see what it tells us. What, National Tell an Old Joke Day. What kind of joke are we telling today? Uh, da, da, da. Is it just for... giving you a bunch of jokes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell an old joke day is your opportunity to raise the nervous wreck from the quivering depths, bring the awful smelling noseless dog back from the cold, what? and press the button for the chicken stuck forever at the pedestrian crossing. Ah, I so said this that. is uh-huh. old jokes. Yeah. It's not jokes about old people, it's about classic jokes. All right. All right. Matthew. And now we know. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know, Daedra. To get to the other side. That's stupid. Duh. <laughs> Danger. Why did the cactus cross the road? Uh, to be, I don't know. Why? Because <laughs> it was stuck to the chicken. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I love how our son tells jokes. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> they are so... They are not funny at all. He obviously doesn't get how the punchline works. But because of that, they are hilarious. And I laugh every time. <laughs> well, half the time... Half the time he doesn't even say words for the punchline. Yeah, that's true. He's all, Daddy, why did the pirate go on his ship? 
Because of Google, how go Google, Google? Like, that's not a joke, man. And then he just busts out laughing. Yeah, it's hilarious. He laughs at his own joke. <sighs> For a long time, his punchline was because they wanted to eat each other. You remember They that? wanted to eat, eat each, each other. other. <laughs> Why did the nose talk to the mouth or something? Yeah. It was weird. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And then we never should have told him the guess what chicken butt thing. Yeah. Because he took that way too far. <laughs> way too far. <laughs> Inappropriately far. <laughs> oh, man. If you love what we do here on the Backrow Morning Show, Backrow Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash radio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash radio. You can also go to backrowradio.com and just click on the support BRR button and it'll get you there too. Find out all about where your donations go. Help us uh, as we get to the point where we're about to have our costs go up. Uh, It's coming soon. And we have a goal that we wanted to hit by the end of the year, but we really haven't moved much Mm. since the beginning of the year. I think we've moved. We've gone up, but we've also gone back down. We've gained a few donors and we've lost a few. Ah. Uh, So if you can help us even just a little bit, even with just a couple bucks a month, we would be entirely grateful. And uh, you'll get a, a few incentives out of it as well. It is Wednesday, and on Wednesday we like to uh, rant about things. It's a rant Wednesday. That's what we call it. That's cool. Yeah. I like ranting. So uh, we're going to each complain about something, usually innocuous. And uh, if you agree with us, you can hit us up on our... our uh, Social medias, at Backdoor Radio, and tell us how much you agree with us. If you disagree with us, then just keep that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Then your opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) Are you ready? Would you like to start? Sure. You want me to start? You want to go? I don't know what we're, what are we ranting about? This is the thing that I told you, you needed to come up with a rant. Really? So you're not ready, is what you're saying? No. Something to complain about? All right, I'll complain about my thing while you think about something to complain about. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) My complaint this week is about fun games on your phone that don't offer a single player mode where you can face off against a computer. Yes. (laughs) Like there are a lot of really fun games. One of the ones that I really remember the most was this, that mini golf game that we played back and forth. I don't Uh remember what it's called now, Uh, but we played it for a long time. With uh, you and me and with your parents Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that was always fun. But the problem with the game was is that you got to play one, maybe two holes. And then you had to wait for the next person person to play. And, you know, you don't you couldn't you couldn't sit there and just grind away at a fun game or practice. You know, have fun. There was no practice mode. There was no just play against a computer mode. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't really get to enjoy that game to the fullest extent that I wanted to. Because I just had to sit there and wait. It was a really well-made mini golf game. Probably the best mini golf game I've ever played on the phone. And no other game that I've found, and I've tried at least a dozen more, even comes close to how fun that game was. Mm -hmm. But it's the only one that only played back and forth. And so there's a whole host of games that are online now that they usually end in a .io and so that means that you're actually playing live with other people right then and there. That's how that game usually works. And that's a fun concept. 
But the problem is, is if you don't download that game as soon as it comes out, like within the first two weeks, and start playing it, you're behind. <laughs> and once you finally get to it a couple months after it's come out, everybody you're playing with has already mastered this game, ah. knows all the tricks of the trade, and you just get left in the dust. And it's not fun. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're alert, you're having this learning experience <laughs> you get to join. You just get there, you get trampled, and you leave. And I'm yeah. like, well, this was not fun at all. Uh, there's a lot of games out there that I've seen out there that are that are like this, where it's like you're you're there's ones where you're like this hole in the ground and you gotta like suck up all this stuff and the more you suck up the bigger the hole gets you can suck up buildings and cars and people and all this kind of stuff and uh it seems interesting Uh i would like to just play that i would like to play that without having to rely on all these other people Mm -hmm. to come play all of which could just quit mid-game right ruin it for everybody uh there's one where you're like having to create this like it's all it's kind of like tron or like that game that tron was based on or whatever where you're kind of building this square with uh the line and then you can cross over into others so yeah not tron different game anyway you're trying to steal the most space and you can Uh hop over into the other other person's color and try and steal their space but if they cross your line then you die or whatever something like that and uh yeah, like I want, I want to play a game like that. But again, I don't want to play with a bunch of weird computer people from all over the earth. I would just like to play it. I'd just right. like to have fun. The thing I don't like about those is the, uh, like the chat feature. I don't want to talk to you. Right. I don't know you. Get your get your. Get your... You don't need to. You don't need to be talking in the game. That's okay. <laughs> Let's just take our turns, and not know who we are. And there's only two ty- types of chat that ever happens. It's either, hey, everybody, let's have fun. Or, <laughs> your mother was. <laughs> like, there's no happy medium here. Yeah. <sighs> Very weird. Yeah. So, that was my rant. What's your rant? You don't just get to use the chat feature, feature part as part that, of my... That was it. No. Mm-mm. Can I rant about how... You didn't prepare a rant for me? I don't prepare <laughs> rants, and I did tell you last night. When? Last night? Really? Yes. You expected me just to come up with one this morning? <laughs> <laughs> it seems very easy. I came up with mine immediately upon writing the script. <sighs> All right, I have Daedra's. Daedra's is, she went to Sonic, and she ordered a drink. She ordered a cherry <laughs> vanilla Coke with lime, and that's how she ordered it. Cherry vanilla Coke with lime. And they just put a lime in there. They didn't put the lime juice in there. No lime flavoring. And I told her that's because of the way you ordered it. You ordered a cherry vanilla Coke with lime. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, all right, she wants a lime in there. Had she ordered like a cherry lime Coke with vanilla. I didn't say with a lime, though. But I didn't say with a lime. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, (laughs) just saying it's open to interpretation at that point. And the reason. I ordered it before, and I got lime juice. I've ordered it two or three times, I think, and I've gotten lime juice. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it like that is because it's right on the menu. It's like one of the featured drinks, and it says a cherry vanilla Coke with lime. And I was like, oh, yeah, adding lime would be kind of a a nice uh, difference to my drink. Sounds gross. (laughs) Is it good? (laughs) 
I like it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you ordered it, it a few times. It but. does like the little little bit of tanginess, which I don't you know think me, I, would like. I don't. I don't really do a lot of tanginess. Right. I'm a fan of tanginess, especially yeah. of lime. You like the cherry limeade, right? I like just a straight up limeade. Yeah. But Blech. I don't think I'd like it with <laughs> cream or vanilla. It doesn't have yeah. Not cream, vanilla. Vanilla. Mm-hmm. That seems weird to me. It's just sweet and sour. Or sweet and like, bitter. It's like, yeah. It's, I mean, that's not, it's supposed to pair with like an acidic sweet, not a, like a, like a maraschino cherry, not like a, a softer sweet, like a vanilla. Yeah. A, it's different. Yeah. Strange. We can talk about Sonic drinks. I used to work at Sonic, so. She's an expert. We would have people come up and they would say, I want a drink with five flavors. You pick the flavors. <laughs> and that was really fun. <laughs> Did you try and gross them out? Like, give them the worst things? We would do the weird flavors. Pickle, yeah. caramel, <laughs> And now they have all kinds of things since I haven't worked there. And They've added more? They've got, yeah. They've got, like, well, I know they have nerds that you can get. And yeah, you Pop Rocks nerds, or something. Rocks, yeah. yeah. You know, but I saw nerds as a ice cream topping, like in a bag for an ice cream topping at Walmart the other day. Yeah, that's weird. Like, that seems strange to me. But I don't like, oh, there was something that someone was put gummy worms. Gummy, yeah, you gummy bears put, and ice cream and You stuff. can't put gummies on ice cream. It makes it all hard. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Sitting there chewing on it You're for like, a day and a half. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's my rant. <laughs> Don't put gummies on your ice cream, people. <laughs> I'm not a fan of like, I'm not a fan of the yogurt thing trend in general, where you're putting a thousand things on your yogurt. Yeah. And I know you put a lot of things on it whenever we go to that place here. Oh, like the frozen yogurt. Right. Yeah. But most of your stuff makes sense. But like when I go, I typically don't put anything. I might no. sprinkle a few uh pecans on a chocolatey one or something but yeah. for the most part i'll have my little three little dollops of the different uh flavors and that's what i want i came here for that and you also don't want to try a lot of their flavors they have i'm like oh they have the oh i've never had that let's try ooh, this and you're like red velvet swirl yuck. i'm like no thank you <laughs> Well, see, that's why nobody goes there anymore, and that's why they're losing business. You want chocolate? They uh, and they vanilla. used to, they had they had what they had four machines, four machines with two flavors each. Yeah. And originally, you would go in there, and one machine would always be vanilla and chocolate, and it would give you the option for the swirl in the middle, and that's like the classic frozen yogurt thing. And then the mm-hmm. other three things would feature like six different fun flavors, and they would change those out every couple days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then they decided to throw in a, uh, which I'm fine sugar with, free. a yeah. sugar-free option. So it took up one of their slots. So one of their slots had sugar-free chocolate and vanilla back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they change it out with different sugar-free flavors every now and then, mm-hmm. but it's not always chocolate and vanilla. And it, it's all right. It doesn't taste great, but it's passable. Mm-hmm. But then, so then they had, you know, so then at that point, they had the sugar-free, usually chocolate and vanilla, sometimes different, and the normal chocolate and vanilla in one, and then they had four new flavors, mm-hmm. different flavors that they'd swap out. But then they used up another one for this other weird healthy version, but it's not like sugar-free, it was like a weird probiotic, uh, protein-enhanced whatever, something or other, 
in that one. Uh-huh. And so now they used up two with the specialty things. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they stopped doing normal chocolate and vanilla in the machines. And the other two. So it's just, who so knows what you're getting when you go there. random yeah. flavors. And every now and then <laughs> there will be a chocolate and a vanilla. But usually yeah. it's other weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And so many, especially kids, you go in there. Mm-hmm. A kid only usually wants chocolate or vanilla. Right. Those are the universal flavors. You have mm-hmm. those always, and then you have fun with the other stuff for the adventurous people. But you have to have the stuff for the boring people, <laughs> because the boring people is what drives the business. Everybody's a boring person <laughs> at heart. Everybody likes chocolate and vanilla. Even if the adventurous person comes and they see that the flavors are pineapple and who who knows. Pineapple upside down. And they don't, That'd be yeah, a good one. and they don't want either of them. That's disgusting. <laughs> that sounds awful. And they don't want either. Like, at least there's vanilla and chocolate. Yeah. You know? So they'll still stay and eat. You got a backup. But now, yeah. Now nobody goes anymore because they can't can't count on it. A lot of can't people go there just to get their tea, though. Yeah. They have all stopped, different kinds of The yogurt has stopped being the main teas. draw. They got yeah. the boba stuff. <sighs> oh, boba tea is disgusting. <laughs> stuff with the tapioca balls in it. Yeah. I couldn't get into that. Uh, I tried and I was like, ugh. Uh, and I like, like. Going to Sonic and getting a pineapple or strawberry in your drink, and I like that. Right, little bits but, of fruit in the drink, sure. Yeah, but the tapioca bubbles are though are disgusting. Yeah, I didn't like those. Um, I tried, but they did have like that spearmint tea. I'm sure oh, they yeah. still do. Yeah, you that like was that. really good. Uh-huh. I liked that a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just it's sad. I don't ever want to go there anymore because I can't count on them. Can't count on them to have the flavor I want. Bonus rant, just for y'all. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so after yesterday's news about ice cream for breakfast, as it turns out, chocolate cake is useful for our physique and brain function. So now we wow. no longer have to feel guilty about eating that much cake. According to a study that took place at Syracuse University, chocolate cake can be great for the waistline and the brain. To prove these findings, scientists reviewed 968 participants to participants, participants <laughs> from 23 to 98 years old, results show that eating chocolate regularly can increase cognitive performance, boost abstract thinking and memory. Uh, however, the study claims that the only way to obtain these results is only if you eat the chocolate before 9 a.m. So again, wow. dessert for breakfast is apparently better for you than dessert any other time of the day. I feel like it. It would, like, give me a tummy ache for the rest of the day. Maybe I wouldn't eat as Why, much. Why, though? I mean, donuts, <laughs> muffins, it's all cake. Well, I don't I don't like that stuff for breakfast. Pancakes. It gives me a stomach ache, like donuts for breakfast. You don't like donuts for breakfast? Oh, it hurts my stomach. It's too much sugar. And see, it's strange. See, I, I would understand why that would be healthier to eat dessert in the morning just from, a like, a caloric intake situation because you have... All day now to burn that off. Yeah. Whatever, as opposed to yeah. eating it right before bed and you're just going to sleep and it's going to sit in your mm-hmm. stomach for nine hours. Um, but at the same time, you know, everyone always says you want a high protein breakfast to kickstart your day. Just throw some protein powder in that so, chocolate yeah. cake. <laughs> I did. My brother's a one of those healthy eaters, you know. One of and, those guys uh, that 
pre-make their meals for the whole week and yeah. little Tupperware things. <laughs> no, we we went over. We were recently up visiting him, and uh, they made us breakfast, which was really around lunchtime because that's how you do. It's and uh, nuts. <laughs> but he had turkey bacon, and um, he made us pancakes, but they were like protein pancakes. Yeah, protein pancakes. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't bad. And both kids loved them. Really? Yeah. And he had this organic maple syrup, you know, with it. And, and then eggs, which Johnny didn't eat the eggs, of course. But That's our youngest child, for those who don't know. Uh, he's Yeah, the picky eater likes the protein pancakes. So. How was the turkey bacon? I liked it, but it wasn't very flavorful. Mm. You know, it wasn't bad. But it How wasn't. Did it, do it wasn't great. Compared to bacon, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that much of it. Yeah. Texture. Change. It almost was like McDonald's bacon. You know mm. how theirs is kind of weird, like kind of gross. Looks kind of fakey. Not, not gross <laughs> like enough. Like super processed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a healthy version of pancakes, bacon, and eggs. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, my first sermon was on the church community. And when we come back, Deidre and I go, well, not quite head to head. It's more like I'm going to challenge her for old Stick Grow morning show here on this Wednesday morning. We're in our second hour, and we're glad to have you with us. And to kick off the second hour, my wife Deidre is going to give us five random facts. Yay! Do, 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 do. I'm good at reading. You are good at reading. <clears throat> uh, the last letter to be added to the English alphabet was J. Mm-hmm. Huh. Did they just use G before? I would assume so. <laughs> and they're like, no. That's not as confusing. We need to add another letter. Uh, the flock, a flock of flamingos is called a flamboyance. Ooh! <laughs> I want to go to the zoo so I can say there's a flamboyance. Look at, all, look at this flamboyance. <laughs> a flamingo. Uh, within hours of learning that the Nazis intended to wipe out Denmark's Jews, nearly all Danish Jews had gone into hiding. Within days, most of them had escaped Denmark to neutral Sweden, and 90% of them survived the Holocaust. 
they were quick. They were quick at getting out of there. Yeah, that's weird. It's a super fact. Um, <laughs> it takes about fifty hours of socializing to go from acquaintance acquaintanceship acquaintance oh, acquaintance <laughs> to casual friends. <laughs> fifty hours. An additional 40 hours to become a real friend, and a total of 200 hours to become a close friend, according to a 2018 study from the University of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Wow. So time when you're with people, so you know. And this, yeah, this is specifically. acquaintance. This is specifically with people, not acquaintances online or discussions yeah. online or something that. Like don't that don't count. Nope. <laughs> And lastly. And last, plants don't die from cancer because unlike animal cells, almost all plant cells can create new cells of whatever kind of, of whatever kind the plant needs. Oh. You can replace cells and tissues more quickly. Oh, they can. Not you. You're, <laughs> you're not you're a an plant. animal base. You're a, you're a stupid human. <laughs> they can replace cells and tissues more quickly. In fact, most plant life survives the nuclear disaster survived the nuclear disaster at where <laughs> chernobyl oh, chernobyl 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 the big nuclear <laughs> meltdown <laughs> you know where? you know who i at am where? you're going to have a lot of fun with tomorrow's <laughs> random fact i have a i have a doozy in there uh. for you <laughs> Those have been five random facts (laughs) of Daedra. All right, so we've been playing a lot of head-to-head games lately on the show and uh, rapid fire and five-second guess and all that kind of stuff. And uh, frankly, I'm tired. So (laughs) today, in honor of uh, Tell an Old Joke Day, uh, I'm actually going to be giving Daedra ten riddles, a ten-riddle challenge in our segment that we're reviving from an old, older version of our show that used to be on YouTube even before Mo was involved. Called Let's Get Childish. Ooh. Playing a ch- children-themed game and seeing how an adult woman stacks up to it. <laughs> so I got ten riddles for you. So you're going to see if I'm as stupid as a child? <laughs> yeah. It's essentially, okay, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Except okay, for riddles. Yeah. Riddles. Yeah. I do great with riddles. Ten riddles. Let's see how you do. Most of them I'm sure you've heard at least once in your life, if not multiple, multiple times. So here's number one. Okay. Play along at home. A doctor and a boy were fishing. The boy was the doctor's son, but the doctor was not the boy's father. Who was the doctor? The boy's mother. Mm-hmm. Good job. See? <laughs> Easy. You got that one right away. Number two. I'm going to look stupid. <laughs> if six children and two dogs weren't under an umbrella, how come none of them got wet? Because it wasn't raining. Exactly. Good job. All right, here we go. Number three. Almost everyone needs it, asks for it, gives it, but almost nobody takes it. What is it? A tissue? (laughs) (laughs) I'm right. Nobody takes a tissue? (laughs) You're not right. A used tissue. (laughs) (laughs) You ask for a tissue, you know, but... You don't take it back once, once they've used it. Uh, the answer is <laughs> advice. Oh. Everyone needs it, asks for it, gives it, but almost nobody takes it. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Number four, a man was driving a black truck. His lights were not on. The moon was not out. A lady was crossing the street. How did the man see her? Because it was daylight. <laughs> it was a bright, sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, how many animals did Moses take on the ark? Uh, Moses didn't take any animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Number six. I fell for that one a long time ago, yeah. and I felt really stupid. It was a that's a dirty trick. It, it really is. is. <laughs> it's terrible. Number six. What is something you can put in your pocket that keeps it empty? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a large hole. A hole. A hole in your pocket. I knew that. <laughs> Number seven. What belongs to you but is used more by others? I don't know. <laughs> Your name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, number eight. I don't know. I feel like I have to say my name a lot. That's true. Maybe maybe it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Because people call you Deborah. Well, and I answer the phone at work and say my name right there. Oh, yeah. And I say it when I'm, right. I'm on the phone a lot. You're right. So. Customer service people, that doesn't apply to you, apparently. Nope. Mm-mm. Number eight. Uh, what gets wet when drying? The air. <laughs> a towel. Oh. <laughs> I'm bad at these. We've got about half of them so far. Hmm. Maybe a little more than half. Number nine. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? I've heard this one before, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> like, I've heard it. Once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. Nope, got nothing. The letter M. Oh, that's right. I knew it was something <laughs> something devious <and> stupid. <laughs> All right, last one, number 10. Many have heard me, but no one has seen me, and I will not speak back unless spoken to. What am I? Again, I've heard this, but I don't remember what it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, the wind. Close. <laughs> An echo. An echo. No, uh, many have heard me. No one has seen me, and I will not speak back until mm-hmm. spoken to. Yeah. An I echo. Can... Okay, you got about half of those, right? I did not. Not terrible. You're being yeah. generous. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got not. one. You got two. You got uh, That's it. <laughs> four, five. You got five. So exactly half. Did you no, say ten? No, sorry, no. You got four. See. You got you got the number five right. I got a forty percent. Yeah, well, that's a bad F. That's terrible. <laughs> Four hours north of Las Vegas is a site eighty percent of people aren't able to experience where they live. Stunningly starry night skies, unobstructed by light pollution. Hmm. While starry skies may be a rarity for much of the world's population, it's a nightly occurrence outside the town of Eli, Nevada. Uh, where the Nevada Northern Railway Museum's Great Basin Star Train departs. The historic train takes travelers east of Eli to a state to a site where telescopes and astronomy guides help bring out a star-filled evening. After around two and a half hours of stargazing, the Great Basin Star Train heads back to Eli, where travelers can settle in the railway's bunkhouse, or if they're lucky, a working train caboose. Ooh. That's a cool... That's a cool evening. Right it there. really That's is. That's a cool outing. 
Um, that's one of Deidre and I's like favorite things. Like we would we would take the drive from Clovis to Albuquerque a lot when we lived in Albuquerque. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there's a stretch of highway or somewhere around the middle where there's just you're so far away from any city or town or whatever mm-hmm. that a couple times we just like parked and just looked up for, looked an, up for half stars. an hour. Yeah. At just how many stars you can actually see. It's crazy. I was recently, um, uh, again, we were up visiting family and uh, my uncle has a telescope and he, you know, on his app, he had an app that could tell him like where Saturn was and uh, like the coordinates in the sky Jupiter or maybe. Yeah. yeah I think it was so he got it. He got it on Saturn and we could actually see the rings of Saturn and it was really cool. It's like one big ring. Yeah. That's all you can really see, but it was really cool just to see mm-hmm. the ring of Saturn through a telescope. Like that's with your own eyes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's uh it's a shame that we don't get to experience even just a starry night uh mm-hmm. enough. Because even here in Clovis where the, you know there's not too much light pollution. It's not like a big city with you know, a downtown area that is always illuminated or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But even just here, you know, you can't, can't really see, see more than mm-hmm. uh, maybe a hundred stars in the sky, but well, probably more than that. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll say we're in the hundreds, <laughs> as opposed to when we stood out in the middle of nowhere, you can see just millions of stars. It just, <laughs> it just never ends. It's like a, it's like a star smoothie up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, that's that's definitely one of the things you need to take the time to do a few times in your yeah, life. Yeah, so when you go to Nevada for Area 51 thing. Yeah, just stop over. Stop at Eli. If you don't get shot at Area 51 <laughs> when you're trying to, or take it, take your little alien friend that you find and bust out and yeah. go see the stuff. There you go. See if you can find his planet. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back. Is Sunday church just an obligation for you, or are you part of the community of your church? Hey, have you heard? We're so glad that you're listening to the Back Row Morning Show in its podcast form. But we hear there's actually an entire radio station that plays some amazing Christian music throughout the show and all day long. We've heard and now you have too. Join us at BackRowRadio.com and stream online or download our free app for iPhone and Android. Backrow Radio, Christian music in every flavor.
Black Row Morning Show here on Wednesday morning. Glad to have you with us. We're in the third hour. In the third hour, I usually like to take a longer look at a certain topic. And uh, today we're going to be talking about church and whether or not it's just an obligation to show up on Sunday mornings for you or if you are more involved in the greater church community. Uh, we talked yesterday and, and uh, of course, last week about how uh, this past weekend I was able to give my first uh, sermon. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't like a full 30-minute sermon. It was uh, I split the time with another member of our staff, and so we each gave like two 15-minute mini-sermons. Uh, but I still follow the same process. You know, I had a base scripture that I started off on, and I built points out of it. Uh, built three points out of it and backed those up with more scripture. And, mm-hmm. But the whole point... Uh, that I was making was based off of Psalm 68. Uh, our friend from uh, Critical Hit over Love Thy Nerd and Faith and Fandom, uh, Hector uh, Mira, uh, put out something on, I believe it was Instagram, that just had that psalm, Psalm 68 on it. And it was the, the specific verses, which I think was verses, it was either five and six or four and five. I can't remember off the top of my head now, uh, but one of those two. Anyway, it was, it's the part that's talking about Father the Fatherless, um, mm-hmm. that God... Uh, places the the key verse God places the lonely in families mm-hmm. and that was you know I've heard that verse you know before but I've never really like found that passage in the Bible where I drew it out you know mm-hmm. and to like see that and to be able to read it myself and go read it in different versions and all this and uh, that really spoke to me based on the work that I've done with Celebrate Recovery uh, for, right. for, for many, many years, which is kind of all about the aspect of forever family. When you come here, it's okay to be who you are here. It's okay to come exactly as messed up and whatever as you are. Mm-hmm. And we will love you here and we will keep uh, supporting you here as long as you want to keep being a part of our community. And so that's where I, I based uh, my, my message on uh, out of that scripture and how... Not only are you, you know, welcome within the church doors, but it's more than just this. It's more than just coming and listening to a sermon for an hour and then going home. Right. Um, so we're going to actually let you hear the message that I gave. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's real quick. It's, it's less than 15 minutes. So we're going to let you hear that, and then we'll come back and, and kind of top that off. So let's just dive right in. Right now. So in case you don't know, though I'm sure most of you do, my name is Matt. I'm the media director, the Celebrate Recovery leader, and even the janitor here at Highland. I first stepped into this church in 1999. I was 14, and I was invited to help come paint the youth room. And that didn't happen that night. In fact, it would be two years before we actually wound up painting that youth room. But I wasn't the only one that showed up for the first time that night. A lot of my friends were invited to come. Let's, we're going to paint the youth room. It's going to be fun. And this was in the days before smartphones and Facebook and Snapchat. And so we had nothing to do. Like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's, I'll go get, you know, slightly intoxicated by the fumes of paint in a tiny room. And uh, we got here. And, of course, you know, again, that didn't happen. And I wondered if that was maybe a brilliant scheme by the youth leader at the time to bolster the numbers. Tell tell the youth room, yeah, go invite your friends. We're going to paint the youth room. 
And then we get here and say, oh, well, I, I mean, we'll paint the youth room eventually. Those were two separate statements. Invite your friends. Also, one day, we'll paint the youth room. Uh, it worked because a lot of us stayed. Uh, I was Catholic. You know, I grew up going to a Catholic school. I was going to a Catholic church here after we moved to Clovis. And I came to one Wednesday night service here, one Wednesday night youth group meeting, and I stayed. And a lot of us did. Why would I basically, I mean, there's very few polar opposites between a Baptist and a Catholic. Why would I stay? I felt something here. I felt like people wanted me here. And that's always been the case. At the time, I, like many teenagers, had problems with self-esteem, with self-doubt, with self-worth. When I walked around, I walked with my head down, staring at the ground, because I was afraid of making eye contact with people. I was afraid of that connection. And throughout the years, and the ups and downs, despite my failures, this church has still always been behind me, beside me. George Barna, creator of the Barna Group, once said, if the unchurched want a great event... There are thousands of organizations that can put on a better show than the typical church. If the unchurched simply want to be in the presence of other people, there are ample opportunities to have such experiences, usually in much less threatening environments. But the church is unique in that it is intended to be a community, not just an aggregation of unrelated people simultaneously seeking their own benefit, but a group of individuals where true relationships are meant to flourish. So we're not talking about ordinary friendships. We have something that the world doesn't have. We have the Spirit of the Lord. When we sit together and we listen to one another, we personally may feel helpless in a situation, but we can call on the Lord. We can enter the throne room of our Lord on behalf of the ones that we love. Frederick Butchner, an American writer and theologian, said the best moments any of us have as human beings are those moments when for a little while it's possible to escape the squirrel cage of being me into the landscape of being us. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 68. It's going to be on the screen too. and Just because of time, I'll go ahead and start reading. We're only going to be going in two verses here, Psalm 68, 5, and 6. Father of the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So there are three things I want to pull out of this passage. The first one is that God places the lonely in families. The NIV uses the word sets. God sets the lonely in families. And in this instance, sets means to cause to sit, to cause to abide, to cause to dwell. In the case of cities, uh, to cause to be inhabited. The word lonely here is talking about like, like an only child or someone who is desolate, someone who is living in solitary. Only one. And this is not a pre-birth condition. This loneliness comes with life experience. Now, some of you may not know, though most of you probably do, I'm the ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery here at Highland. It's a faith-based 12-step program for all habits, hang-ups, and hurts. Me and my amazing group of volunteers invite between 30 and 60 people into this church every Thursday night. We give them a meal. We come in here for a time of worship, for prayer, for a testimony or a lesson, and then they go to their small groups where they are encouraged to, to share openly about their struggles and their victories and they get to take off their masks and be vulnerable in a way that maybe they really can't be anywhere else in their life. And that happens every single week in these walls. 
Now, the program here at Highland has been going on for a little under a decade, but I got involved with CR 13 years ago, back when the only program in town met at Faith Christian. And those of you who knew me back then or have heard my testimony, you know at that point in my life I was in a bad way. If there was ever a time when I felt isolated or alone, it was then. But God brought me to this program and showed me immediately that I was not alone and that he hadn't abandoned me either. And knowing what it's like to be the person who walks into these doors for the first time, sometimes at their life's rock bottom point, I can tell you that it's terrifying. But that's the beauty of what our church does. It has been one of Highland's main goals for the last 10 years to create a forever family, a place where no one is abandoned, no one is turned away, no one is told, you don't belong here. And I fully believe that it's because we've learned that nobody walks into this building, whether it be at CR or our Wednesday night service or youth group or Sunday mornings, nobody walks through these doors by mistake. God places the lonely in families. There are no strangers here. We've been expecting you and praying for you long before we even knew your name. Romans 15:7 says, "Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory." The word acceptance here means taking to oneself. It's an, it's an invitation. Uh, briefly defined, acceptance is the state of receiving someone into a relationship. It's closely related to grace or uh, undeserved merit. Therefore, acceptance includes all of who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly inside of us. Now, again, I know from personal experience that our church follows this pattern. I've been accepted and loved here at my best and at my worst. You are my forever family. The second thing I want to pull from this passage is that God sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Now, whether this be a physical prison, a psychological one, or more commonly, one of our own making, God is the one who can set us free and change our whole outlook. The problem with self-help and self-esteem and self-acceptance is that these are things that we do need, but they are things that we cannot give ourselves. If they were, they wouldn't be needs. Your life's experiences may have caused you to be untrusting towards others, maybe even God. And you've become guarded. And a guarded person never feels at home with people, never feels loved. And we put on that mask every Sunday, hoping we can fake it till we make it, not realizing that the help, the hope, and the healing that we are searching for begins in the walls of the church. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. God brings you the forgiveness, but he says that it is our brothers and sisters in Christ that help begin the healing process. That's where the freedom begins. That is where your joy is found. Last Sunday after service, I got to go to a graduation ceremony for several people in uh, the Lighthouse programs, the Men's Ranch and the Ladies Program which is a six-month program for people that usually have a, a drug or an alcohol problem, and they enter into this program, and it's rigorous. And they're away from their families. They're away from their friends. They do uh, 
labor and they do Bible studies and they go to church about five times a week and it's a, it's a big deal and they go through a lot. And if you can see the faces like we get to on Thursday nights, the difference between a person who's there for the first time that has just entered the program versus that same person at a graduation ceremony after that six months with the change that has happened, the radical change that's happened in their lives because they have entered into this community, that is pure joy. And it gave me joy just to be a small part of that and to see that on their faces. The last thing that I want to pull out of this passage is that God makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And I know what you might be thinking. Matt, that's kind of a bummer point to end on. Yeah, well, hold on for one second. Hear me out. In Psalm 68, David goes on to talk about God's chosen people and their walking in the wilderness. And in context, this point doesn't seem to be talking about unbelievers, but instead the rebellious ones are those of us who know better, who know God's love and that God has a plan, but are choosing to live sinfully instead. God's chosen people did this time and again. Uh, Let me take you to a passage that contains a verse that you probably have memorized. We're going to go to Jeremiah 29. We'll start with verse 4 and then go through 10 through 14. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back into the place from which I carried you into exile. So you probably recognize Jeremiah 29:11 in there. That's, that's one of the biggies. That's uh, the things that they put on high school graduation cards and coffee mugs and all kinds of things. But when you surround it with its whole story, it's a promise in the middle of God allowing his people to fail. The Israelites had time and time again abandoned God. So this time, God allowed them to be captured, to face their own consequences, knowing that this would cause them to come back to him, to cry out for him. And he promised that when that happened, he would bring them back home. He does have plans for you, but he's not going to force them on you. If you would rather sit in your addiction or in your sin or in your struggle or in your shame and let those plans pass you by because you're afraid to open up to someone, that is your choice. But until then, God is going to do whatever he can to get your attention and to bring you back to him. And if that means letting you suffer a little while because of something you've done or because you're a little stubborn, so be it. I praise God that he did that for me. You need to thank God for all the gifts he's given you, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, the gift of this family that he set you in, and the gift of failure so you can learn to rely on him and your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, Johnny wanted us as church staff to touch on our jobs here and incorporate them into our messages. And we heard from our two wonderful youth leaders and the guy who leads us in worship and Those are incredibly easy jobs to dive into theologically and expound on. 
Cleaning the toilet, that's a little harder. However, what I can say about this is I'm so incredibly blessed and grateful to be a part of this church family who's been supporting me and my family, praying for us through the hard times and celebrating with us in the good times. Back when my life fell apart 13 years ago, I had a job here. But my failures took me into exile. Yet God still had plans for me, and he brought me back to the place I was taken from. I'm so grateful to be not only a part of this church body, but a trusted ministry leader and staff member here, doing what I can with what God has blessed me with. I'm grateful for every toilet that I've cleaned, for every slideshow that I've made, and for every person that I've had the privilege to walk through the plan of salvation with, or sponsor, or pray for, or just help welcome into their new forever families the first time they walk through those doors. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being my family. And if you're sitting here today and you are lonely, or you feel imprisoned, or you have been rebelling against God, please know that you are not here by mistake. God guided your footsteps, put people in your path, did whatever he could to find you sitting in that seat this morning. But at this point, it's up to you to decide if this is just another church meeting or if you're ready to join a new forever family. This church has been here for me, and it will be here for you too. John and the worship team are going to come back up, and we're going to sing one final song. And while that song's playing, I encourage you, if you are ready to join a church, maybe you've been visiting for a while, maybe this is your first time here, but if you feel like God has brought you here for a purpose, and if this is where you belong, we would be overjoyed to welcome you into our family. And if you're already a member, but you aren't feeling that connection, that community, that family atmosphere that I've been talking about, I encourage you to get a little bit more plugged in. A friend of mine, Navy Chaplain Chris Lindsay, recently said this. He said, community doesn't happen by accident. Community is built as we live life together, as we experience the ups and downs and the joys and the pains together. We don't want to be a church of strangers simply getting together to do our spiritual thing and then disappearing into our individual lives. Showing up once a week will not build community or establish relationships. Authentic community happens before and after church, through the week, after our duty hours. Grab a coffee. Go to lunch. Start a Bible study. Heck, there's a whole wall out there by the church nursery full of opportunities for you to get involved and volunteer in the church. With all these things, build community on the foundation of these Sunday morning services and watch as God grows us. All right, so if you tuned in halfway through that and you're still listening, that was actually the sermon that I gave uh, at my church this past weekend. Uh, 15-minute short mini-sermon about the church and how, you know, you need to be able to feel welcome in your church and you also need to get more involved with the church. And so, you know, at the end of that, I had the challenge of, you know, if if you're not feeling that community aspect, even if you are a member of a church, your home church, Mm-hmm. Uh, it could just be because you're treating church as an obligation and you're not actually investing in the community of the church. You're not getting involved volunteering. You're not going out for coffee or lunch with, with members of the church. You're not mm-hmm. building those friendships, those relationships. Um, 
it's it's died down a bit with us in the last uh, last year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But for a long stretch here in this the recent past, we had a solid group of us here at the church. Yeah, that actually got together and did stuff mm-hmm. a lot and hung out. Yeah, yeah, hung out and had time. And uh, as time's gone on, a few uh, a good about half of those at least. Uh, families have, have moved on to other churches as our church kind of transi- transitioned with new pastor and new leadership mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, that's kind of died down because, again, we're all very focused on growing the, the community of our church. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're now connected with more people here at the church uh, when it comes to trying to hang out more or at least, you know, having more conversations and going to lunch and stuff like that uh, than we are with those that have left, which kind of includes Mo and Chris, you know, and we've talked about that yeah. on the show. Mo uh-huh. and Chris have, have, let, have gone to a, a different church in our town and uh, they felt, they felt led to go over there and they're very active over there and having a great time and I have nothing against it, but it is kind of a bummer that they're super bummer. Yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't get to see them every week at church. We don't get to see them throughout the week in church. Uh, and I know we're in the same town, sure, but we're, we're all very busy people, all busy adults, all with busy families and free Mm -hmm. time is hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first time we've been to their house in forever was, uh, uh, last week for her birthday, uh, uh, for a couple hours and it's just, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. So our, our lives are very intertwined with the church. And that we're here three or four times a week. Uh, right. More for me because I work here as well. And a lot of our interpersonal connection is through that. So, you know, we hang out with John and Hillary a lot. Uh, we hang out with a few other friends that have been going here for a while now. And that seems to be where most of our friendship and community aspects come from. And that, that like I'm saying, that's just that's been the case. Yeah. For a while. Uh, it's just our group has gotten a little bit smaller, which is, again, a bummer. I feel like that's kind of, <clears throat> I was I was just talking to someone on this Thursday night about, you know, I, I feel like I need to plan something for all the ladies. You know, we used to have a ladies night and it was super fun. You know, they just, mm-hmm. we just come hang out at the church. We, you know, a few crazy Ones of us would you know, turn out all the lights and play sardines in the church. And, if you haven't uh, ever played sardines, it's the <laughs> it's a game of hide and seek where everybody goes to hide and there's one person seeking. No, 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 no. backwards. One, one one person goes to uh-huh. hide and everybody else is seeking. And when somebody finds that person hiding, they start hiding along with them. They hide with and them. So the person yeah. who loses is the last person who's still looking for everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. And you play it in the dark, and it is dark. And it is scary in a church. It's right, especially our church <laughs> with the church with the sanctuary night. that creaks anytime <laughs> the wind blows, which is a lot here. So, but you know, we used to we used to just go do stuff, and I mm. that we have some new ladies that. I feel like I haven't gotten close to because, you know, we're just, we're busy. We're busy with the programs at church. We're busy with Awana and we're busy with uh, 
Children's Church. And, and the main the main reason we're busy is, all the time is because we don't have that many volunteers. So a lot of oh, us yeah. are just taking on yeah. a lot of things mm-hmm. and thus not leaving us enough time for just being a part of something. And we haven't had a young adult's Sunday school mm-hmm. since our, since since our leaders left. left yeah. And so, you know, we just... A couple of us hang out in the sanctuary before before church, but it's not it's not like a, getting us closer. I feel mm-hmm. like to to some that we could. So, yeah, even if even though I'm really involved and I am at the church like three four times a week, sometimes I still feel like I don't know people very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't want to put all the blame on everybody else or anything. But I mean, I know that we've, uh, in the last year and a half or so, our church has grown to a good size, Mm -hmm. but I feel like at least half, maybe more don't get involved Mm -hmm. beyond Sunday morning. It's just Sunday morning, which is, you know, I don't know where to put. Now, are we we reaching out to them and asking? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not, yeah, it's not about putting the blame on anywhere because, you know, it could equally be our fault for not reaching out as much as we could or mm-hmm. or whatever. But, you know, we have fellowship events that would be a perfect time for anybody who's, you know, who doesn't really know people all that well mm-hmm. to come and, and get meet to know people. everyone. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have people coming. We have right. people that, you know, have been around for forever that always come to everything. Yeah, uh-huh. they're coming. But yeah. our new people don't want to come to the fellowship events. Uh, despite the fact that we really hammer it, hey, come hang out with us. It's going to be fun. Right. Bring your family, bring your friends. Right. And it just, it doesn't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't have the perfect answers for that. My, my message was more about you individually need to focus on getting involved as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, take up as far as it depends on you. Mm-hmm. Take up the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the responsibility uh but yeah it's also our responsibility to try and reach out to those people uh which i know that's one of my big failings i i don't even like saying hi to new newcomers on visitors on sunday morning i feel so uncomfortable my biggest feeling of guilt came pretty recently when uh this lady came up with her mom they were leaving the church they you know they had to move and she came up to present these gifts to the women's Bible study, which I hadn't been a part of. And she started talking to everyone about how great our church was and very welcoming and all this stuff. And I didn't know who the heck she was. <laughs> I I really didn't. And I felt terrible. I was like, wow, this lady has even been involved in the women's Bible study. Right. And, and all this connection. Knows all the people I know, but I don't know her. That's yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I And, you know, during welcome time, I'm on the praise team. So I'm typically just running up to the stage. Yeah, you don't get to sit to there be and ready. Talk. So I don't, I don't really talk to anyone. And so unless they're involved in the children's stuff, because I'm involved a lot in the children's ministry. Yeah, which these people weren't. And yeah. it, so if they don't have kids and they're not involved in the children's stuff, I don't really get to know them or very maybe well. Maybe CR. Yeah. Thursday nights. But yeah, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and yeah, I could I could see why you would feel upset about that, but at the same time, I could see why that totally could happen in that instance because 
y'all yeah. were y'all were both active at the same time, but y'all were active in, in two completely different areas. Yeah. areas of the church that never intersected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's where that's where we landed. Uh, I don't know that we gave you any real answers, but uh, it's a discussion that's worth having. Uh, I uh, I know it's a universal issue in in all churches. Um, mm-hmm. Even like big churches with 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 thousands of people that attend, it's it's a... hard to find a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then still you get just in... a few people, yeah. that actually run things. And then you get into the idea of which is something that we kind of ran into with when our group was big. The idea of oh well, now they're becoming like a clique in the church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that only hangs out. And I remember we got griped at for that. And I'm like, no, we're just the only ones that show up. You guys right. are welcome to come. <laughs> right. Nobody's not invited to any of our things. You yeah. just never come. And, and so, after <laughs> after a couple times of inviting you to something, if you say yeah, if you no can't. enough, they're not going to invite you anymore. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they get the picture that you don't want to come. So Yeah, see, that's... <laughs> That's the thing. And I think it's a human nature thing as well, because I, I think I'd feel the same way, too. But like you said, if, if you say no consistently every mm-hmm. single time you're invited to something and people stop asking you, at the same time, you're both relieved and offended. Right. You know, right. like, of course, I don't want to go. So I'm glad you're not asking me. But how dare you not ask me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how dare you make them feel uncomfortable? Right. Asking you all these times, mm-hmm. and every time you say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> In fact, that was that was something that happened last week. Last week there was a pay per view, uh, WWE pay per view, and normally I go over to John and Hillary's house because they're both wrestling fans, <laughs> and Deidre is not, and so she doesn't want me to watch it at home. Um, and normally I go over there just for like the big four pay per views. I go over WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Uh, Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. Those are the big four. There's one every month, but those are the big four. Um, but there was one just substandard pay-per-view going on over here. And they uh, they usually invite me to them, all of them. But mm-hmm. I usually say no unless it's one of the big four. Because mm-hmm. half the time I don't even watch them. And so <laughs> this time they asked me if I wanted to go, uh, if I want to come over and watch this. And uh, I, I surprised them by saying, yeah, sure, I'll come over there. I can make that happen. <laughs> and they were like, oh. Oh, um, all right. Okay. <laughs> I just said to Hillary, hey, do you want me to invite Matt over to the pay-per-view even though I know he's not going to come? And then I said, yes. <laughs> so they're like, well, dang it, now we have to go home and clean our house. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is surprise people every now and then and say yes. <sighs> Goodness, people, you're so rude (laughs) all right well let's uh move on to our segment in this uh this hour here deidre you get to host this segment do you see it you see it there where you're hosting it we're going to go into is it a sin (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to do these parts actually scripted you could just read it word for word (laughs) well okay and now it's time. Uh, now it's that time of the week <laughs> for "Is It a Sin," <laughs> which I already said. <laughs> We've all asked these kinds of questions before, but now we will bring you the answers you need. Today's question is from Leo: Is it a sin to put mustard and ketchup on a hot dog? The answer is yes. 
Pick one. No. You can't serve two masters. <laughs> I do all. Th- I do mustard mayonnaise and ketchup. Mayonnaise does not belong on hot dogs. <laughs> it does. In any situation. I'm sorry. It's great. Like, I'm not a fan of mustard, <laughs> but it makes sense at least on a hot dog. Mayonnaise is not. I worked at Wiener Stencil for a while. Uh-huh. Every now and then there'd be that person that would say, hey, can you spread some mayonnaise on my bun where you put the hot dog? <laughs> I'm just gagging the whole time. This is the most disgusting thing. I love mayonnaise. On the planet. My son had a hot dog the other day, and he asked for mustard and mayonnaise in a thing, to, and he Mix took the up. hot dog, and he mixed it all around together, and I'm just sitting there going, ugh, ugh. can't smell it, can't do nothing, just look. I don't know if you remember this, Ugh. but while we were dating, you were like so adamant about condiments, you told me you would not even have mayonnaise in your refrigerator. <laughs> like, you were basically telling me, when we get married, you're Stop not allowed to mayonnaise. eat mayonnaise, no mayonnaise anymore. anymore. I knew you weren't going to let it fly. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd let me push it. <laughs> we are not a mayonnaise family. <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of what mayonnaise is oh, is disgusting. Mayonnaise with like those big fat fries. These are expensive microphones. Please don't make me hurl on them. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be soon with a shoe bomb. Like I'm going to fuck. Sounds great. <laughs>